Well, it's uh, what day is it? It's day 13 of 2019. And I don't think it's too late into January to say Happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year to you. May this year be crowned with God's peace and rich abiding presence. And um, when Bill had phoned me, I said, yes, I would love to come. And my immediate thought was, Lord, I don't want to come with something. I want to come bringing something. And, um, and during the week, I had been preparing over Christmas, and right up to the middle of this week, I had two things that I thought, and I almost had these two sermons finished. And on Thursday night, God just moved me very directly to something, and uh, really specifically. And um, so I don't come with any sense of apprehension. I come knowing that I'm bringing something, and that all the preparation I did actually fed into this. So I pray, believing that this is a living word for you, not just for you personally, but for the house as well. Okay, so um, can I pray? Is that all right? Just for one second. Lord, I just thank you for this house. I thank you for Hillsborough. I thank you for Hope Church. I thank you that everything that it, that it has been in my life as a little kid, and right up until this moment, I thank you for the godly, godly people in this place. And Lord, I pray tonight, Father God, that your word would breathe life. It is life. But Lord, I pray that the word tonight would be immediate with its precision and that it would add life to the saints in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So, day 13 of 2019. And as I said, I really had to wait on this. And what I was brought to was the story of Joshua in Jericho. Now, this is not, before you immediately think, a battle cry sermon. It's not. But it was about the journey into Jericho that Joshua had to take. And I felt that we were to consider what that journey looked like. And in considering what that journey looked like, what it means for us today, what it means for you in your relationships, in your workspaces, in your church life, and for you as a family, as a church. So let me set it up dead simply. Joshua is the successor. He is the next leader. He's the father, as it were. And, and, and he's moved into these new chapters of his emerging leadership with the people of Israel. And they're on the journey of possessing the land. They have crossed the Jordan, where similar to a Red Nile experience, or the, the, uh, the eight, crossing the Red Sea, sorry, thank you, similar to the Red Sea. They've seen God already deliver them across the water. And the fear of the Lord has gone before them because people are hearing about this big tribe that's coming through the wilderness. Now, he had a journey to make with the children. And what I felt God was showing me was three very specific things. And I've made made this very simple because I'm a simple girl, but we see the God who prepares Joshua, okay? And if you're with your Bible tonight and you want to turn, flick, switch it on, however you want to do that, Joshua 5 and 13 is actually where I would like to start, okay? Joshua 5 and 13. And I'm going to give you this banner again, the God who prepares, the God who prepares. Now, this is how he prepares Joshua, I think, for this big Jericho moment. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. 
Did Joshua have any people with him in this moment? It doesn't say that. He was the leader. Maybe he had taken himself off to a quiet space, but he was also looking out to where Jericho was and looking at in many ways to this insurmountable next big thing that they had to take. So he's out there. And then this incredible moment, this pre-incarnate moment, Jesus comes, the Lord, and he comes in the form of, what does he come in the form of? The commander of the Lord's army. But hear his question. Are you for us or for our enemies? Was he so on guard because they were in that possession-taking mentality? Was he so on guard that, he, that, he, that what was in his heart came out in his mouth? Are you for us or against us? In some ways is what he was saying. And the commander of the army says to him, neither. Now, for me, as I read that afresh, I felt God was saying to me, Suzanne, reset your posture. Do not approach this year or the people around you are you for me or against me? Because ultimately, who are we meant to be for? Jesus. It's not about them or me. It's about him. As a little kid, mom and dad brought us up and said to us, there's people who love Jesus and there's people who don't. Because we lived in an area where there was very mixed religions. There's people who love Jesus and there are people who don't. So my brother and I lived in this little family that we, we realized very, very simply, we've got to love Jesus first. I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. How easily I can get into my own army. Yeah? How easily we can get into our own army. But actually, I felt this invitation afresh to reset my posture at the start of this year. And I wonder, was Joshua having a moment? Oh, yeah. Neither. It's not about them and it's not about us. It's about you, Lord. I leave that with you. Is there a reset of our posture at the start of the year? And then, what about this position? What does he say to him? Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence because he immediately knows this is no stranger. <laughs> this is the commander of the Lord's army. And he asked him, what message does my Lord have for his what? Servant. What I sensed in this as I read this afresh was this, Suzanne, renew your position in me. You are my servant. Yes, leaders amongst us, we all are leaders. Do you know that? We're all leaders because we've all got to lead ourselves well in life. <laughs> we've all got to lead ourselves well. But whatever sphere you're in, ultimately, if we are under the lordship of Christ, we are servants. Yes, the New Testament beautifully develops that, that we are also friends, but we are ultimately his servants. So in this moment of resetting and realigning the posture, is he also reminding us that we're servants. And he said to Joshua, I'm number one and you're my servant. It's not about them and it's not about you. It's about King Jesus. And thirdly, the commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals. For the place where you're standing is holy. He had something physical that he had to do to recognize the presence of God. He had to take those shoes off. Oh, Hope Church, I say this to you as much as to myself. Let's be people in this year who recognize his presence and respect his presence. Joshua, in that moment, what I sensed afresh this week was God was taking him and saying, yes, you are my successor. Yes, you're going to be my leader. But he was still crafting a leader in Joshua because we've never arrived. Isn't that right? Until the day he texts me home, please, Jesus, I'll still be growing. I'll still be being molded with you. Do you know what I'm saying? There's not one day is not a school day to learn in, in the classroom of the kingdom. So he resets his posture 
Jesus is number one. It's not for them or me. It's for Jesus. We renew our position as servants and we recognize his presence. Can I say this very, very simply? A number of months ago, I was in Birmingham having to serve at, a, at an event and I had left the hotel, I left John to go down to, to, with a really early sound check. And as I was going down, I was a wee bit nervous going down this street by myself and I was walking down and I was just praying and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Suzanne, I've given you these streets, walk in them. I've given you this ground, it's holy, walk in it. And as I was looking at this again today, I was quickened to share that with you. You see the hospital ward that God has called you to? See the office space, the schoolroom, the house that you're going to return to tonight, the family that God's got around the table? Where he is is holy, where he's positioned you. Do you hear me? It's not nobody's lesser, nobody's greater. It's all level ground in the kingdom of God with this stuff. Holy ground. Recognize the presence of God where you go and what you have as an instrument to carry his presence. Amen? to carry his presence. And you know, as you guys were leading us tonight, there's such a sweet presence of God here this evening. It is not to be forced and drummed up. It's not the lovely thing about God. You can get really excited and clap and everything, and I'm the first one there. But I just love to be able to know this, that if I never sing him another song, it doesn't affect his love for me. <laughs> I sing out of response to the greatness of God over our lives. Amen. It's not about works, it's about his presence and his goodness to us through the cross. So the Lord was still preparing this leader, the God who prepares. And I believe that there are people here and God is preparing you for the next thing. Do not live hankering after the next thing. Life is preparation. Can I tell you that? Life is preparation. Every single day you've lived is preparation for now. Sometimes people think, right, I'm going to do this and I'm going to prepare myself. Guys, every single day of the week is preparation for the next day. <laughs> Don't miss the holy in the ordinary. God had been preparing Joshua, just as he'd done with Moses. He'd been preparing them. God is preparing you, Hope Church, for the next thing. But right here today, let's enjoy his presence. Realign our posture recognize him as King Jesus. Remind him again, yes, Lord, we are your servants and we are for you. So I felt in this moment of spiritual preparation, there's almost this little voice that goes, Joshua, now you're ready for Jericho. Now you're ready for Jericho. Here we go. So Chapter 6 and verse 1. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound, a long blast on the trumpets. Have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up. Everyone straight in. So we met the God who prepares. He prepared Joshua and the children of Israel through Joshua for this. And now we meet the God who provides. Amen. Jehovah Jireh. All over 2019, God will provide for us. He will provide for you and your families. He will provide for you and your studies. But in this big strategic moment for the children of Israel, for this big family moment, God provides. And you know, there's a beautiful, beautiful range of ways that he provides for the people. Number one, news had traveled far and wide about what God was doing for this tribe. 
The fear of the Lord had gone out and it was making ripples everywhere. Isn't that the amazing thing? They didn't have to do anything. God did it all. And that city was barred. Eugene Peterson, I love this in the message. He said, Israel, or, um, Jericho was shut up tight as a drum. Shut up tight as a drum. And interestingly, I love history. And as I was reading into this, did you know that in the custom of that day, if a city was under siege and they realized that they were going to be taken, if they were to roll their bridge out or they were to roll out the, the placards to let the people in, it was a sign of mercy to say, be kind to us, be kind to us. But what did Jericho do? What had they done? They'd shut it all up. They were like, no way, you're not getting in. Because actually, in the sovereignty of God, God was going to prove something again before the people of Israel that here we are on day 13 of 2019. And we're talking about it because it's going to give us fuel to live this year. Do you know what I'm saying? The word is alive. And we're part of the generations away down the line. So the deliverance of God previously for this family had produced fear in the lands. And that had made a way for this next moment. Nothing happens in isolation, guys. Nothing happens in isolation. So much of it is connected. Number two, God spoke deliverance and victory into the situation. He said, not I'm going to, but I have delivered Jericho into your hands. It's done. I have delivered it. And he also says, and I've delivered the king and the men. It is done. Now, a reality check on what Jericho looked like. Excavations have shown that it was roughly about eight acres wide, and it was protected by two high parallel walls, 15 foot apart. The city was completely surrounded. Now, it wasn't really, really, really huge when it comes to cities, but it was a formidable, strategically built up city. So when the priests had, or when the spies had gone out in the chapters before and they'd came back with this report, a lot of this, they had some of they had, they had seen this, and they came back to say, oh, we couldn't take this land. So that's the human reality check. But come on, Hope Church. You and I both know we do not live by what we say. If we live by what we say, for some of us, it would be difficult to get out of bed in the morning. And that's just the truth. It would be difficult to even to approach a day with a healthy mindset. But I wonder, in the middle of all of this, is God reminding us, we walk by faith and not by sight. It's not a faith of ourselves, thank you, Jesus, but it's faith in the finished work of Calvary. What if you and I were to step in further into this year, further into the calling of God, further into the purposes of God, looking at the cross and saying, you said it, you did it, I'm in safe hands. That's where my faith is founded, in the finished work of Calvary. Now, a number of years ago, I was teaching P7, and uh, how I approached it with my kids was, guys, when I'm marking your papers, I'm coming to it from 100%. I'm coming to it that I'm giving you all full, full marks. I'm giving you full marks from the very start because you're a 100%er. And I remember the first day in September, I would deliberately do it because they were used to thinking they had to earn all their marks. And I said, no, you've got them all. You've got them all. And as I go through the paper, I might take one off for a wee dodgy calculation here. Or I might take one off for a cheeky adverb here. Or I might take one off for a dodgy comp. But do you know what it did? It helped those kids in their mindset. They walked in on a Tuesday morning and on a Thursday morning, and gradually they realized the culture of that classroom was, Mrs. Hannah's for us and not against us. She wants us to win in this. It's not some big baddie, this AQE paper. For any parents who are going through it, there is life beyond AQE. 
okay? So speak life over your house and your kid. But here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that in a very practical sense. But how much more does Jesus speak that over us through the cross? 100% the cross finished. It's 100% finished. And in this moment, he speaks deliverance and victory into a seemingly insurmountable, impossible situation. I pray tonight, if you are looking at a Jericho, that you receive the faith of Almighty God afresh. In many ways, like a gift that you forgot to open at Christmas time. Unpack the gift of faith afresh. Not in some random thing or some little thing you've picked up, but in this amazing word. And in the finished work of Calvary. And Hope Church knows what it is to love the word of God. Do you know what else he did? He spoke wisdom onto the battleground. <laughs> because you see, the Jesus that I serve and that you serve and that we share in, he's not some faraway God. He is awesome and powerful. And we've already established at the start of this that we need to approach him with a sense of holiness. Isn't that right? A sense of holiness. And then metaphorically, we're taking off those shoes and remembering where we go is holy ground in Christ. But he wants to come into the details of our lives. And the commander of the Lord's army comes with precision and speaks a supernatural strategic battle plan into Joshua for Jericho. Supernatural wisdom came in the form of a plan. <laughs> but no surprise, because he is wisdom. You want understanding? You want to know what to do next? Seek the God of wisdom. Seek the God of wisdom. Now, how does he do it? Do you know God is so specific? He gives them an action. I want you to march. Did you say fight? No, 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 march. I want you to march. He tells them exactly who I want to participate in it. He wants them all. He wants the armed men. He wants the priests. And the whole army are going to have a feature in this picture as well. This is a huge military might. And as I read into this, in Numbers 26, there was a census. And it records that there were 2 million military men on the campus, or in the, in the census, and roughly around 600,000, 600,000 armed men. Now, that's a big number, isn't it? I think in my Sunday school mind, and I think of the Joshua Wall, I think of like 25 of them going around a wall. But we need to remember, <laughs> this is so much bigger than what we think. So could I just enlarge the frame of our thinking tonight in Jesus' name? Yeah? Because actually, this big God desires to come and meet us in the small, precise details of our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The God who prefers, pre prepares, but the God who also provides. He gives them a duration to this plan. You're going to have a daily march for six days, and on the seventh day, you're going to do it seven times. He speaks into the formation of this plan. Seven priests carrying trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. He speaks into the ammunition of this plan. Oh, I loved this when I was reading this. The ammunition was not going to be your bow and arrow. It was going to be the sound of praise, the presence of God in the ark, and the shout of the people. And in the middle of all that, they were going to be walking. They were going to be walking. Now, we know in a wee second very soon, some of them are going to be like, but I want to sing. No, not yet. But I want to, shh, do what I'm telling you. God also speaks into the rhythm and the arrangement. If you're a musician here, I love this. He's telling them, 
Long blasts for that seventh day. And those long blasts were going to be a precursor to, here we go, the city's coming down, the walls are coming down. God was in the details. Now listen, why am I saying that? He was in the details then, and he's in the details tonight. Hear that. Receive that. Take it into Monday. Don't leave it here. He's in the details. And as I was reading this, forgive me, but I got so excited because I was like, right, let's go, let's get there, let's get there. So he's the God who prepares. He's the God who provides. Now here's the thing. The plagues, when the plagues were sent, the people on earth had no hand in that. God did that. He could have sent the plague and taken the whole city out. He could have blown it all up, but he didn't. He chose to move amongst his people because he's the God who partners with his people. That's why you and I are gathered tonight. We're gathered because this beautiful picture of church is a mighty weapon in the hands of God to see people want to Christ because there's a wedding coming up that not all the seats are filled yet. And you and I have a part to play in seeing people come to that great wedding day. Amen? We're beyond this. We're beyond this. This is beautiful picture of church. The God who partners. Verse 6. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, Advance! March around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. And when Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets. And the ark, if there were kids here right now, I'd get them to blow their trumpets. <laughs> the armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time, the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. So we had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling at once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua was obedient to the wisdom that the commander had given him. I'm just going to say that again. Joshua was obedient to the wisdom the commander had given him. You and I have a commander-in-chief, and he is inviting us again, but may I be a bit stronger. He is commanding us again to be obedient to his orders. Because there's a whole lot of people need to hear about Jesus, and our obedience has this amazing cataclysmic effect when we're all obedient together, and the church is unleashed. Look out. Is it any wonder the enemy tries to do everything against the church? Do you know what I'm saying? When we are a unified army, oh my goodness, look out, 2019. He was obedient to the wisdom. May you and I be servants who are obedient to God's wisdom. It's beyond knowing, guys. It's doing the knowing. He prepares the priests with the ark. Now, here's an interesting thing as I read this. Battles in this time didn't always look like this. They were imagining probably, okay, we're going to have this, these spears here, and we're going to have this artillery here of that sort there, and we're going to have it there. No, 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 no. We want the presence of God right in the middle of this. What? The priests are getting the phone call. We need you up in formation. So they're having to move out information because the presence of God was crucial to this victory. 
He gave the army command to advance. Now, as I was waiting on this, I really sensed that for some people here, you have been waiting to hear. And you need to receive tonight the word advance. It could be very simply, you have to fill out an application form for something that you've been waiting on. God says advance. You have permission to advance. If they had went any sooner, it was out of timing with God's plan. Yeah? I know I'm saying very simple things tonight to people who could preach this to me, but sometimes we need to come back to the basics of our faith. He also called everybody into formation. Formation matters. God spoke it into this situation for this victory, and it mattered. And um, I was thinking about this, and John and I were chatting about John's my husband, and we were chatting about this last night. Let me back up a wee second. Moses, the prince of Egypt, when he was brought into his position, he also, we were reading into this amazing commentary about Moses. In his training days in the palace, he would have had experiences in education, in music, in agriculture, but he also been farmed off as a general in the army. And he had to learn how to, all the different military techniques of forming tribes, of working with big numbers. Then what did God do in his big story? He brought him out and he led them. He had to lead people through a wilderness. All the stuff that had been pressed into him in Egypt, God used out in the wilderness. Well, he knew how to order people. All you folks who've got to order your kids in the morning or get people around the table. Moses knew how to order numbers. But Moses, in the succession plan, I have no doubt, was passing all those skills on. Here comes Joshua. Joshua came along knowing, oh yeah, I saw Moses do this. He knew how to take the tribes and get them all in their tribes because then the tribes could move here, these tribes could move there, and then they move in formation. So this idea of formation was not new to these guys. They'd experienced it in captivity. They exercised it in the wilderness. And now in this moment of ready to prepare for invasion, this message of formation is spoken to them. Oh my God, guys, give Hope Church all the formation, strategic formation that it needs to continue to move into the purposes and plans of God. Amen? Amen. I want that for you, but forget about me. God wants that for you. God wants that for you, success as you move forward. So he calls them into formation. And all along, there's a soundtrack to this, a trumpet. It's a very specific sound because it's not the long sounds yet that we're going to be heard in the seventh day. But it was a soundtrack without any singing. There was no war cry yet. Can I say this to you tonight with all humility? Your voice matters. And what I sensed, and I've written it down exactly as I was praying it came, there are some folks here tonight, or there's somebody here tonight, and you've already decided that you're going to go into a situation and you're going to say exactly what you think. You've, got, you've decided what you're going to say and you're going to raise your voice in whatever way and you're going to say it. Don't. Wait. Wait. Your voice has power. And we need to use our voices at the right time because when we do and we carry the wisdom of God into situations, into family situations, into whatever situations, oh my goodness, there's a servant. He'll see fruit. Amen? Use your voice at the right times in the right places that matter. Because let me tell you, see if these, these uh, troops had used their voice at the wrong time, the plan would have been ruined. But they didn't. They were obedient. I'm sure there were some scallywags along the way that were maybe trying it out a wee bit, but nevertheless, they didn't. <laughs> the return to base camp. Can you imagine the chat? <laughs> Can you imagine the chat? Did you see those walls? 
Now, remember the spies, some of the spies would have seen these walls, but the rest of these guys hadn't seen these walls. It was their first time to have a really good look. They're having a chat around the campfire. Did you see those walls? How are we going? Well, well, you know, how are we going to get? But can you imagine the chat inside the city? Did you see them ages walking around there? What? They didn't do anything. They were just walking around. Maybe they didn't say ages, but I'm just having a bit of fun with you because we're allowed to enjoy the word as well. Okay. So they're in the city thinking, but I was also thinking about how vulnerable a position that they, in one human way, they might have been. Because if these guys are up high and they're looking down at these guys, could they have been attacking them, throwing things at them? But that didn't happen because God was protecting them because this circular motion God had planned. And actually, he holds it all together. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Do you hear me? On day 13 of 2019, he holds it all together. The God of wisdom is in the details and he holds it all together. He holds it all together. So day two, Joshua got up early the next morning, verse 12, this is, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord, blowing the trumpets. Are you getting bored yet? But listen, the armed guard, the armed men went ahead of them and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. Have you heard this before? I think we have. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. And they did this for six days. I don't know if patience is a gift of yours. I'm not too bad with it. But for some people, they were over it by the day too. They were like, I've seen it. I'm ready to storm it. The SAS commanders within the troop were like, I'm over it. Just let me in. I'll take them all out. But the truth was, get in line and follow the commands of the chief. Because he has wisdom. And the formation matters. The duration matters. The timing matters. The instrumentation matters. And God's got it all under control. Now, here's what I want to say to you guys. There was purpose in the six days. Not only, not only, were there people inside the city going, why are they not going away? It's day two. Day three, why are they not going away? It's day four, why are they not going away? It's day five, why are they not going away? I think in some way there was a sense of building maybe fear in there. I'm telling you this, if I'd have been in that city, I'd have been down on my knees, crying mercy. But it was setting the scene for what was going to come in day seven. But how much more on the perimeter of the city as these soldiers marched around and the ark of the presence went and the trumpets sounded. I think God is so kind because I think even in the movement, in the movement, there was preparation being done in these soldiers' minds. There's preparation. Maybe another 20,000 had their hearts and their minds sewn into what was about to happen. Maybe on day three, there was another 15,000 had their hearts and their minds sewn into what was about to happen. He was getting them focused. He was getting them ready. Guys, we can, there are no shortcuts to victory. You've got to follow God's plan. Now, sometimes he shows you a quick way around, but if God said it, do it. And he'd given them a plan. There was purpose in the timing. And he was exercising the faith, literally the faith muscles of this army. And remember, all the women and the kids are all outside of the city, but they're watching all of this. Can you imagine the little ones going, what's daddy doing again? What's granddad doing again? Because these kids and these women were going to carry these stories and pass them down the generations and pass them down the generations because they were going to come upon their own Jerichos in future. And they're going to say, look, I saw how God delivered Granda. He'll deliver us. Amen? Every generation in this house matters, guys. If you're in your 70s, 80s here tonight, 
Never stop talking about what God has done in your life. Pass it on, pass it on, pass it on. We need to hear how God delivers. We need to hear how God prepares. We need to hear how God provides because it gives us hope. It gives us resilience deep on the inside where no magazine will do it. No fancy video will do it. We need to hear the living stories of the people of faith. Do you hear me? Pass it on. Pass it on. I also felt this, okay? There are, there's, there's somebody here tonight or there's a family here tonight and you feel like you're on the days in between. You're about day two or day three. You're in a situation and you're circling something and you are getting tired. And you feel like you're just in the middle of it. And you're kind of losing the steadiness of your heart. And I'm here to say to you tonight, God sees you. The days are his. And jubilee is coming. Victory is coming with every footstep that you take. As you circle those walls as you pray into that situation, as you wait on God, as you see visibly nothing changing, stay obedient to the plan. God is in the details. Amen? In Jesus' name, amen. Day seven is coming. Verse 15. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak, marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. Stop there for one second. Think about the people in the city. Hold on. The last six days, they've only done this once. Why are they doing it? How many times? They've went around the city. How many times today? They've went around three times, four times, five times. Something's coming. Something's coming. Something's coming. Verse 16. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, Shout! For the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute. Prostitute? Rahab? What? Yes. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise... You will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into its treasury. Can I tell you something, just a side note? See, as I'm reading the word tonight, it feels like it's singing in me. The word is alive, guys. It is not a fairy tale. It's not a comic book. It is alive. Sharper, sharper than what? A two-edged sword. Amen. It's alive tonight. The Hebrew word for seven is Shiva. There's so much significance in the culture of this whole story of the significance of seven. So many of you here will know this. But it mattered that on the seventh day, Shiva means to be full, to satisfy. There was an almighty, holy satisfaction that was going to come on the seventh day. Amen? It was going to come on the seventh day. It was an appointed day. Joshua commands with wisdom. He's continuing on the wisdom road. He commands with wisdom, wisdom, and he prepares the people to take possession. Wouldn't it have been so silly of him to have done so well up to now and then drop the ball? They shout and then they don't know what to do. Everything drops down and they don't know what to do. But he tells them, this is what you're to do because the commander of the, Lord, the army, he'd given them this wisdom. And the marks of this, they were going to celebrate now. 
There's something really beautiful in verse 16. The word shout, when I looked this up in the Hebrew, it is the word ruah. Do you know what that shout is? It's not shout, ah. It's not that. It's not that ah shout. It's a shout of exaltation. Yay! Not ah. Yay! It's a different type of shout, guys. It was a battle cry of exaltation. It was a, it was a triumphal shout. Hope Church, unleash the sound of triumph in 2019. There's enough shouting around the doors everywhere in this crazy world at this time. People lifting their voices for all sorts of reasons. But you and I have a victory shout that we can lift that nobody else can lift. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So this day was going to be marked with a celebration shout. But it was also to be marked with devotion. Because they weren't just going to go in and walk over. Yes, there was going to be bloodshed, guys. On the other side of this, for them to enter into the city, there was going to be bloodshed. But it was part of the plan. Again, I'll say this. We serve a holy God. We've got to be careful. He's my friend, friend, friend. Yes, he is your friend. But he's also awesome and mighty. And we need to remember to take our shoes off sometimes. He's holy. He's holy. But it's not about, are you for me or are you for them? but are you for him? He's resetting our posture tonight, guys. He wanted them to remember devotion. See the things, the spoils? None of that's for you. The possession of the place is for you. You're going to win that. But all of that stuff, that's the first fruits because this is the first big invasion in the promised land. Those are the first fruits. They're going to be mine and we don't want any destruction on this, this people. But also, it was going to be marked with protection. Rahab, a prostitute, she was not living life by the tufty schedule of how you're meant to live. She wasn't following the ABCs. But you know something? There was mercy spoken over that woman's life because she gave mercy to the spies. And the promise was to her, get all your family in here. Make sure they're all in because if they're not in this house, when we come, you need to get that red cord outside your door because when we see that red cord, we'll know not to take in. But you know what? God was so faithful. He didn't forget Rahab in the middle of all that. And you know, Bill, I was thinking about this. There was those six days of them marching around. I wonder, was it day four when she managed to get that part of her family into the house? Do you know what I mean? Was it day five that she managed to find her aunt? Like, get into the house. We don't know. We'll find out someday. But he's a merciful God. And there's protection over Rahab. And can I just say this really quickly? There was protection, but there was an awesome lineage that was going to come from Rahab's life. Because Rahab was very soon brought into the family of the children of Israel. She was considered clean after they went through all the process. And she was beautifully in the lineage of where Jesus came from. Wow. All the way back to here, we're thinking about Jesus coming. Isn't that amazing? So it was important that they followed the obedience of formation and duration and used their voices at the right time. All of these things fed into this incredible moment. And this is the last bit. When the trumpet sounded, verse 20, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. Now, stop there for one second. Isn't that amazing? We make much of the wall falling down. But you know what? That's only one verse in this big story. The journey to Jericho, I actually think, was where many of the battle was won. And actually, I was reading a commentator who said, there was no battle at Jericho. 
There was a battle in their hearts and the minds of the people, but actually it was given to them. There was bloodshed on the other side. I thought that was an interesting take on it. But the bottom line is, <laughs> obedience mattered, and their faith and trust in God mattered. Their faith and trust in God mattered. There was nothing quiet about this moment. <laughs> I think there are some of you who once were very noisy in the kingdom, and the volume Life's turned it down. Situation and circumstance has turned the volume down. Hear me. Hear him through this tonight. It's time to find your shout again. It's time to turn the volume up. Use your voice for good. Use your voice for wisdom. And use it to the glory of God. And when you shout... Let there be no doubt that the shout you're bringing is not one of condemnation, but it is one of celebration <laughs> and exaltation and triumph and victory for everything that God has done for you and everything that you want good for others around you. Amen? Amen. The victory was won, the walls came down, and in they went. And that's where I finished tonight. Hebrews 11.30 says this, By faith. The walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith. Two words. By faith. I just think on day 13 of 2019, God's wanting to realign our posture and our position in him. Servants who are not about King me, <laughs> we're about King Jesus. We're people who carry his presence, that we are obedient to his command and that by faith, we walk into the rest of this year. May your days be so crowned with the presence of God that when you come upon any Jerichos, you know where to come. You know what to apply. You know the God of wisdom to go to. And it's not your mother-in-law. It's not your granny. Yes, there's people in our families who are people of wisdom who speak unto us. Thank God for them. But ultimately, he is wisdom. He is wisdom. Will you close your eyes for me? Father, I thank you for the people in this house who've lived through many, many Jerichos in the past. And Lord, I thank you that in this moment of the scripture, that there was much more living beyond the Jericho moment that was to come for the children of Israel. Life didn't stop there. <laughs> it was just the beginning of them taking the promise. And you taught them so much about listening to you, about waiting on you, about the God who prepares and provides and partners with us. But Lord, for all the steps after that, after Jericho, thank you that they lead us here to hope tonight. Thank you that we're part of this amazing family of God, this family of faith. And I pray over every precious family represented here tonight, for the church gathered here tonight and scattered tonight. And I pray, Father, that there will be such a pressing in to the word and the promises of God afresh that as these guys advance in their personal lives, as they advance as a church, as they move into this next season, that all the steps they take, Lord, 
that they will enjoy the formation of church family, that they will revel in the wisdom of God, and that you will add to their number. May this church grow deep and wide in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Amen.